How did God address the Gentile nations through the prophet Isaiah? What is God's message to his own people regarding both judgment and consolation? And how does Isaiah's divine message apply to us today? Find out in the new Concordia Commentary on Isaiah, chapters 13 through 27. Learn more at issuesetc.org or by calling Concordia Publishing House 1-800-325-3040. The Issues Etc. Book of the Month for February, the Concordia Commentary on Isaiah 13 through 27. Liverpool Cathedral Choir with the hymn, The Angel Gabriel. The angel comes from heaven to a virgin and speaks to her. And in the speaking, a promise is made and a promise is kept. And our Savior is conceived. Greetings and welcome to Issues Etc. Coming to you live from the studios of Lutheran Public Radio in Collinsville, Illinois. I'm Todd Wilkin. Thanks for tuning us in. We're going to be teaching a Sunday school lesson on Jesus' birth foretold in Luke chapter 1. Pastor Tom Baker of Law and Gospel. We'll go through listener email and the issues, etc. comment line. Then we'll spend some time with Dr. Andrew Steinman. It is often asserted that King David dancing before the Ark of the Lord in 2 Samuel is justification, maybe even encouragement, approval of liturgical dance. We'll see what he thinks about that claim when we talk with him. Pastor Tom Baker is host of a radio show called Law and Gospel for almost 30 years. He met monthly to prepare his Sunday school teachers for the classroom. Tom, welcome. Uh, thank you. Why is it important that the Virgin Mary is a descendant of David? That is mentioned in this first chapter, verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. If there's one point the Sunday school teacher needs to be making is that this is a fulfillment of promises that God had made throughout the whole Old Testament in the bringing of a Savior, a Redeemer to the world to save people from their sins. And it was very clear that it would be from David. Abraham knew it would be from Isaac. He had the 12 sons of Jacob, and the line continues through Ruth, etc., until you get to Mary, who is also of the house of David. And therefore, this is a fulfillment of the promises that God made all the way to the beginning with Adam and Eve, when Eve was told that through her seed would come a Savior. 
What did it mean that the angel called Mary highly favored? Yes, that can be really confusing because some people will think that she was highly favored because of her works. And we have to make a distinction between law and gospel here. Mary was not highly favored because she was a sinless woman. We're going to find that in a little bit where she herself considers herself to be a sinner. She was highly favored because God had decided to make her the mother of God. That's how she is highly favored. It is an action on the part of God, God's grace, to give her something she did not deserve. And therefore, she wasn't highly favored because she was such a good person. She was highly favored because God is so gracious to keeping his promises and takes a woman that most people would not expect to be the mother of God to become the mother of God himself. What did the angel tell Mary? The angel told her that, first of all, greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. Do not be afraid, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom, there will be no end. What was the promise regarding the child that Mary would conceive? The promise would be that he would be the one named Jesus, be called the Son of the Most High. And in fact, if we take a look at the Holy Trinity, we have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And Jesus is found throughout the Old Testament, except in his pre-incarnate state, before he became a human being. He's found, for example, on Mount Sinai, when Moses sees a burning bush, and out of the burning bush, it is the voice of Jesus, namely the angel of the Lord, and he is God. And so this is the promise to Mary that she will be the birth mother of the human son of God, namely Jesus. How did Mary respond? Well, she responds, how will this be since I am a virgin? And we need to compare this to what Zechariah had responded 
when the same angel came to him and said that he would have a child with his wife Elizabeth. But he responds in such a way, how shall I know this? For I'm an old man and my wife is advanced in years. And he became mute, was unable to speak. And the reason is in verse 20 of chapter one. The angel says, behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. This is in contrast to Mary's question. There was no unbelief there. She was just questioning how this would happen. She did not doubt it would happen, as we will see. So there's a big difference between the unbelief of Zechariah and the faith of Mary. What did the angel tell Mary in response to her question? He says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called holy. Now, when the angel says to Mary that the power of the Most High, which is God the Father, would overshadow her, that word overshadower is similar to that used to describe God's presence in the tabernacle. In this case, it shows how through Mary's pregnancy, God will be among his people in a very wonderful way. He will be present with them. And that's why Jesus is said to be God himself. What did Mary do next? What she did next. Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. So she consented to what would seem to be impossible. But that's because she had faith. You see, it wasn't just the angel speaking to her. It was God himself speaking to her. And therefore, the Holy Spirit was active in making sure that she would believe she was given faith to trust the promise of God that he would do what he said he would do. And therefore, let it be to me according to your word. She goes to visit her cousin Elizabeth. What happened when Mary greeted Elizabeth? When Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, what happened is that the baby John the Baptist leaped in her womb. 
And Elizabeth, it says in verse 41, was filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you have the ability to understand the word of God. Elizabeth proclaimed with a loud voice to Mary, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, recognize that Mary would be the mother of the Lord. Because she says, behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. So we get back once more to this purpose of this lesson. God makes a promise throughout the whole Old Testament, and he makes sure that it is fulfilled. And it is God who is doing the fulfilling. Pastor Tom Baker is our guest. We're teaching a Sunday School lesson on Jesus' birth foretold. We'll get into Mary's song called The Magnificat next. It was Jesus Christ our Lord. Now pay close attention, little children. It's somebody you ought to know. Yeah, it's all about a man that walked on earth nearly 2,000 years ago. How did God address the Gentile nations through the prophet Isaiah? What is God's message to his own people regarding both judgment and consolation? And how does Isaiah's divine message apply to us today? Find out in the new Concordia Commentary on Isaiah, chapters 13 through 27. Learn more at issuesetc.org or by calling Concordia Publishing House 1-800-325-3040. The Issues Etc. Book of the Month for February, the Concordia Commentary on Isaiah 13 through 27. Join Lutherans for Life at the For Such a Time as This Lutheran Adoption Conference, April 10th and 11th in Houston, Texas. Enjoy the testimony and talents of Dove Award-winning musician and adoptee Mark Schultz. Discover expert information and exciting opportunities, and experience the fellowship and celebration. The 2024 Lutheran Adoption Conference, April 10th and 11th in Houston. Find out more and register at lutheransforlife.org slash conferences. Grace, Faith, Scripture, and Christ Alone. You're listening to Issues Etc. Not everyone is comfortable with new technology. Dial A Podcast gives all generations of your congregation an easy way to hear your sermons or even devotionals and Bible studies. Once you've completed a simple one-time setup, we take care of the rest. All your congregants have to do is dial the number from any phone to listen to your latest podcast, all at no additional cost to them. Dial a podcast. Extend the reach of your sermons. Get started at dialapodcast.com now. Where is God's mission? God's mission is everywhere. 
Yes, it's far away, but it's also very near. It's as near as your congregation in school, your neighborhood, your family and friends, even as near as your home. Wherever you are, God's mission is in that place. Through his mission, Christ is bringing forgiveness, life, and salvation to people everywhere, even here, right where you are. God's mission here. Learn more at lcms.org slash national mission. Welcome back to Issues Etc. I'm Todd Wilkin. We're teaching a Sunday school lesson on Jesus' birth foretold in Luke chapter 1 with Pastor Tom Baker. We approve the final proof today of our 2024 Easter cards. These cards are produced by Ad Crusom. Check out their wide assortment of greeting cards for the entire church year at adcrusom.com, A-D-C-R-U-C-E-M.com. Tom, take us through Mary's song, The Magnificat. Yes. This song is not only part of the liturgy, but it's also a hymn in the hymnal. And the first line is really important. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Now, if Mary had been favored by God because she was sinless, which the Roman Catholic Church teaches, then she wouldn't refer to Jesus as a Savior. Adam and Eve did not need a Savior in the Garden of Eden before they sinned. It was after they sinned that the promise of the Savior came to them. So also, for Mary to talk about God as her Savior shows that she believed she also was a sinner. And he looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, All generations will call me blessed. Now, that's another important word. Blessing is not something you merit. It's something you inherit from God himself. As he is gracious to you and gives you what you do not deserve. Mary did not deserve to be the mother of God. But he decided, God, to do that. And she says he is mighty and does great things for me. Remember, one of the attributes of God is that he is almighty and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. Now, what's the difference between mercy and grace? Grace, you get what you do not deserve. Mercy, you do not get what you deserve. So, Mary again shows that she was a sinner 
because God was merciful not only to her, but to all who fear him. Luther's explanation of the first commandment, you should fear love and trust in God above all things. She continues, he has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts, brought down the mighty from their thrones, and exalted those of humble estate. That's talking about the difference between the unbelieving world that needed to be brought down. John the Baptizer talked about that when he talked about the valleys being raised and the mountains being lowered so that people who thought so much of themselves, like the Pharisees, thinking they were saved by their works, were humbled and brought to faith, at least some of them. He has filled the hungry with good things. The hungry are those who are looking for salvation. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. And the rich, he has sent away empty. And that would be referring to unbelieving Pharisees and other unbelievers. Most importantly, we get back to Abraham. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. Now, if you go to Romans chapters 9 through 11, you will find out that Israel does not refer just to the people of Israel, like in Palestine, but it is refers to the believers in the Holy Christian Church. And that's whom God has helped believers in the Holy Christian Church. As he spoke to our fathers, that would be all of the prophets of the Old Testament, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. Now, it's very important. Abraham had two offspring. The one offspring were those who were just related to Abraham and thought they were saved because of that relationship. But the other offspring are those who were related to his son Isaac, who believed the promises that through Isaac there would be many nations come to believe in the Messiah, more than the stars in the heaven and the sands in the sea. And that's why she mentions Abraham and his offspring forever. Why do we continue to use the Magnificat? We continue to use it because I said when we used it in a recent liturgy, as you sing the Magnificat, recognize that the same things that happened to Mary happened to you. The same God you are to rejoice 
as being your savior. You are a servant of God, and he calls you blessed. Just read the blessings in Matthew chapter 5. He's done great things for you, and that needs to get across to the Sunday school students that what Mary sings about God and her relationship to him is what they can also sing about the same God and Jesus Christ and his relationship to them. What is the law and gospel of this lesson? The law is that a lot of times we don't think that we really need God because we don't think we're as sinful as we are. But the gospel, after we repent of our sins, helps us to understand the unmerited grace and favor that we receive because of Jesus Christ. It's a huge difference. The law never saves us, but the gospel is the good news of how God saves us by having his son die on the cross as a punishment for our sins, as a substitute for our eternal death, so that we will live eternally in heaven with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Pastor Tom Baker is host of a radio show called Law and Gospel. For almost 30 years, he met monthly to prepare his Sunday school teachers for the classroom. Tom, thanks. Thank you. When we come back, listener email, talk back at issuesetc.org, and the issues, etc. come outline. If you appreciate Issues Etc., our 24-7 music and talk stations, and our daily verse-by-verse Bible study, The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, please include a bequest in your will or trust for these worldwide media resources. A bequest allows you to receive an estate tax charitable deduction and reduces the tax burden on your family. Ensure your children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren the opportunity to listen by including a bequest in your will or trust for Issues Etc., Lutheran Public Radio, and the Word of the Lord endures forever. For nearly 140 years, the Lutheran Witness has taught the faith, defended it against error, and shown forth the great treasures of the Lutheran Church and biblical doctrine. We're continuing this legacy by publishing issues and articles that help you see the world from a Lutheran perspective and that teach biblical doctrine and show forth the treasures of God's Word. Visit our website to learn more and how to subscribe, witness.lcms.org. The Lutheran Witness, helping you interpret the world from a Lutheran perspective. Teaching your student to read should not be complicated. Memoria Press's phonics uses common sense and the classical approach with their First Start Reading program for the most effective and efficient way to teach your child how to read. If you're interested in learning more, visit them at memoriapress.com and use the coupon code 
LPR24 at checkout. Memoria Press, Saving Western Civilization, One Student at a Time. Luther Academy provides additional theological education for our mission partners around the world, specifically pastors who are asking for additional education but do not have the necessary resources in their own church bodies. By donating to Luther Academy today, you will be supplying food, housing, books, professors, and travel for Lutheran pastors who attend our conferences. To learn more about Luther Academy and how you can donate today, visit lutheracademy.com, lutheracademy.com. Your daily Lutheran Bible class. You're listening to Issues Etc. At the center of our campus is Kramer Chapel, and there's a reason for that. Issues Etc. guest, Dr. Arthur Just. Because it is the heartbeat of Concordia Theological Seminary. It is where we go to hear the voice of Jesus and frequently be fed with the body and blood of Christ. We sometimes call it our Jerusalem. Kramer Chapel points to the classroom, which we sometimes call Athens. It is there that we do theology, biblical studies, systematic theology, practical theology, history. We love theology here, and we love the study of it, and we love coming together in worship. It's one of the things that gives us great joy. Joy in worshiping, joy in studying theology. Concordia Theological Seminary is all about the joy of being in Jesus. Concordia Theological Seminary, Fort Wayne, Indiana, ctsfw.edu.